welcome to Deeply Curious. My name is Cody Jensen, and joining me in our New York City studio apartment is my wife, Sarah. Hello. Deeply Curious is sponsored by Hint Water. Hint makes sparkling and still flavored water that is sugar and sweetener free. We absolutely love Hint Water. It is basically the only thing that we drink. We did have an entire fridge of Hint, but we drank it all. So Hint, if, if you are listening, please send us more. We're desperate. <laughs> because the last two days I've been like, what the heck do I drink? <laughs> it's hard to know. <laughs> um, if you want to check out Hint Water, you can do that by going to hint.co slash deeply curious. I would personally recommend the Hint Fizz Peach. It is the creme de la creme <laughs> for me. Um, I recommend the still flavors because I prefer, I don't prefer sparkling water, but the crisp apple is my favorite. Mm, so fresh. Mm. So yeah, thank you, Hint Water, for sponsoring Deeply Curious. Yeah. So jumping into this week's episode, we're going to be doing a omnibus of deep questions. So we were kind of just talking about what we should do for the podcast and... I kind of had this idea of just asking, just throwing out random questions that spark deep conversation because that's kind of the theme of this show is asking the right questions. And the, the uh, I kind of like, I guess like the, the key to any great conversation is asking great questions. Yes. So we're just going to start with some great questions, I guess. We'll see if they're great questions. Yes. Right. And uh, we'll, we're just going to be talking about it. We're just going to just hit things throughout. Um, and starting with, because the human memory is known to be very unreliable, how do you know which of your memories are real and which are only partly true? Hmm. I have two things to say, I think. Yeah. First of all, it's so true that memory is unreliable. And I realize this most of the time when I'm remembering, like, vacations or trips that we went on mm -hmm. um because it's always worse like in the moment but you never remember that afterwards because you were having such a good time like for example when we went to Iceland and it was freezing cold and the wind was like 100 mile an hour wind and it was raining and it was just pelting us I never remember that I never remember how miserable I felt in Iceland because it was so beautiful mm -hmm. right so, yes, memory is so unreliable. Um, but then I also feel like the question, the second half was, how do you know if it's... How do you know which of your memories are real and which are only partly true? How do you know which are real and which are only partly true? Okay. I almost feel like it doesn't really matter. Because, like, a memory is a memory for a reason. And, mm -hmm. like... Like, you remember it a certain way. Like, um, I almost feel like your brain sort of remembers it how you felt it, not necessarily how it was. Right. That's a theory I have. <laughs> I don't know if it's actually true, but I've, I've thought about that a lot. Because whenever it's, like, something good, like a vacation, you remember it better than it was. Mm -hmm. But when it's something a little traumatic, it's always scarred. Like, always just deep 
And then you have like a visceral reaction every single time. I think you remember it, how it felt more than you do how it actually was. Mm -hmm. And in that regard, it's still like a true memory, right? Yeah, I guess. Unless you like, you need to recount it for public record. I suppose that's true. Yeah. Um, which speaking of that, I listened to a podcast from uh, Malcolm Gladwell, his revisionist history series, which is incredible. If you haven't listened to it, I highly recommend. In the newest season, he did an episode called Free Brian Williams, because speaking of memory, do you remember what happened with Brian Williams and kind of the whole scandal? Nope. So a few years ago, I don't remember exactly when it was. It was that Brian Williams at some point in his career was in a war zone. And I don't know who Brian Williams is. He's a journalist on, okay. like, I don't know, NBC or something. Gotcha. Like, long time, like, anchor of gotcha. the news. Um, so, at some point in his career, he was in a war zone, and he has been telling this story for decades of him being in a helicopter that took on gunfire that had to emergency land and, you know, all this stuff. He has this whole story. Well... He ends up retelling that story just recently, and he added a few more details than he had ever added in the past that allowed some of the people that were actually involved in the situation to figure out that it was their helicopter. Mm -hmm. And they all started coming out kind of one by one saying, Brian Williams was not on our our helicopter. he was actually an hour behind us in a helicopter that didn't take any fire. They just landed, like, you know, to help us or whatever. And so the whole podcast was about free Brian Williams because basically he got lamented. Mm-hmm. And even, I don't remember if he was fired. I think maybe he was. Probably. Um, You're like lying as a journalist. Right. You know? And he was like grilled by other like anchors of like, how could you possibly, mm-hmm. you know, lie that much? You know, you know, you say, how can we trust, you know, anything, blah, 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 blah. And Malcolm Gladwell, basically, he gets to the point of just like proving how infal or how valuable the human memory is and how mm-hmm. it changes and all that type of stuff. Um, and how instead of like, you know, saying like Brian Williams lied to make up this grand story. Brian Williams wasn't lying because he actually remembered it that way. He, right. He thought he was there. Yeah. Well, it's just like, um, that's a common thing. I mean, I never heard of Brian Williams, but I have heard stories of that. Like you're in a scenario and like you add details over the years and you don't even realize that they're not true details because mm-hmm. maybe my theory's right. It is how it felt in the moment, right? And, like, mm-hmm. there's all this, like, whatever. And so you, you like, tell the story. But you're never going to tell it with 100% accuracy, no right. matter who you are. So it just happens. I actually, well, this isn't really necessarily about, well, I guess it's a memory. Anyway, I tweeted out something the other day about, um... Do you ever just remember something you did like 10 years ago and are so embarrassed by it still that you just sit there for 30 minutes trying to come up with a scenario of how you should have reacted or whatever? Yeah, like changed it. Yeah, like, oh, if I had, you know, been smart, this is what I would have done to be less dumb in the moment. Mm -hmm. Um, Somebody responded and said that she does that all the time, too. But she said there's this one 
memory in particular of like her first crush or something. Anyway, she was like 14 and she has revised it so many times in her head that she doesn't actually remember what she did or, Mm -hmm. or like what, what came of the situation. Like she can't remember. She's like, I think it's this, but I don't actually know if that was just something that I revised or not. Mm -hmm. It's like our brains. I don't know. It's fascinating. Speaking of that, I have, I actually have an example of, um, a story that I have heard you tell over the years. I tend to embellish, um, many times, exaggerate, whatever you that you have created a whole new scenario. Are you going to make me look bad? No, it wasn't. And it wasn't like a big enough deal to really correct you in the moment or whatever. I just let you have your memory. Well, you should. Yeah. Um, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, I don't know if this will be interesting for the listeners. So I'll kind of tell the story and then we can talk about the way you tell it. So there, we have a small Yorkie and his name is Optimus. Um, and we don't have him in New York city. We left him in Oklahoma with Sarah's parents. Uh, so anyways, when we first got him, we I would take him around block, take him on walks around the block and stuff. And there was one day that we were on a walk. I had one of those retractable leashes, and I was walking, and uh, there was a like a pit bull or one of those just aggressive dogs, like a bulldog or something. yeah, something like that. He was chained up to a tree in one of the yards, and whenever we walked by, he that dog got really excited and yanked. And actually broke the chain off of the tree and like stormed like uh, Optimus and I. And Optimus being a like six pound dog freaked out and just like started screaming. Um, And then he actually ripped his uh, leash out of my hand. And it's one of those retractables. So it has like a big heavy plastic end. Mm -hmm. So I I mean, and I say screaming because it was literally screaming, screaming. And so he runs home because we're only like a block away. So he just like takes off running with the leash dragging behind him like a... Which is also terrifying yes. him. Yes, <laughs> he's, he's being terrified by his own leash. Like he, because he like is so scared of the dog getting him. But then now the leash is chasing him. So he's just running full sprint yeah. towards our house. And he gets to our house and he runs to the, toward the side of our house where there's like some stairs. And he huddles up against the... Uh, house and he's just sitting there like shaking like crazy and I finally make it home and I get over there and like I get him and I like hold him and I take him inside and whatever comfort him or whatever and then um this is the part that uh is funny because whenever you tell this story you say that he ran home to you and you heard him screaming I did hear him screaming I know you remember that no I did and you like got him and you brought him inside or whatever and you know the, the whole experience well what's funny about that memory that you have is you weren't even home yes i was no i know you remember it that way but i <laughs> promise you you were not home and it's I, not true i was it, home i no, remember the screaming i know you have developed that memory no <laughs> but i guarantee Maybe you developed the memory oh the whole thing yes did you no. think about that I got home and in because you tell it like he, you heard him screaming and you came outside and you got him. I made it home 
and I, I found him on the side of the house and I brought him inside. And then I told you the story whenever you got home. And over the years, you have... You have a picture. You I, you have pictured what? it so much that now you actually rescued him whenever he came up because you 1, heard this. Thousand percent, don't believe you. <laughs> I know, and that's what's so funny about memory is that you re- you remember it. There's no. Yes. I'm not going to be able to convince you that no. you don't remember it. No, because it's wrong. I was there, <laughs> <laughs> but you weren't there. Okay, agree to disagree. But that's we'll the point always with, argue about with this. like with the Brian Williams thing is that it's hard for him to just admit that he wasn't there because he 1,000% disagrees say, and thinks he was there. But especially because he he was nearby. He was like right. in, the, in the scenario, but not in the right. helicopter, you know? So you just kind of... Because he was probably, you know, he was in the helicopter like an hour back, and so he probably heard over the radio like, hey, we're, t- we're taking fire or whatever. Yeah. He's like... He has these audio type things and going into his brain. And it's a more traumatic experience. So your brain remembers, it remembers the highs and the lows the mm-hmm. most vividly. So it's, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. It's crazy. But I also feel like it doesn't really matter what the actual memory is. Although to be fair, if you weren't actually there, that's a little different. <laughs> but like, I just, I feel like your brain remembers it as it was felt by you, not necessarily like the truth of the moment. So, but if memory is so valuable, yeah, how can we trust people's memories in the court of law to convict people of crimes? That's just a sticky situation that I have no answers for. <laughs> I mean, obviously, that's why you can't just trust one right source, you have to have multiple witnesses or whatever plus evidence plus whatever there's like all these certain yeah things that you have to have in order to convict somebody yeah um yeah i mean you can't really well and then that gets into a sticky situation because it's like a he said she said or you know like a one person's word against another's with no other accounts Mm -hmm. to take so then what and also like if you remember it as it was felt. It's kind of like, I mean, in marriage, you get in arguments all the time about something that had, that happened. And one person's like, that's not what I said, or that's not, you know, what happened. And the other person's like, it absolutely is what happened. And are, is, are both people actually right? Probably, probably there's a mixture. I mean, there's always a mixture, I feel like, right? But I also know that, like, I am a person who feels things and doesn't, you know, (laughs) necessarily take it at face value because there's so much more going on underneath the surface. Because I feel like that's one of our arguments on a regular basis is I say, no, you said blah, 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 blah. And you're like, I literally did not say that. And I I always say, it felt like you said blah, 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 blah. (laughs) And it doesn't matter what you actually said. It matters how you say it and whatever. That's like our regular argument. Mm -hmm. So I'm definitely a person who like, it it doesn't matter. It all matters how it feels. And I'm a person that what I said is what I meant, not how you heard it. (laughs) Big eye roll emoji. (laughs) I don't know. I think that 
memory is a really fascinating, just the brain in general, I'm pretty intrigued by. <laughs> um, but it's not, I don't like have any answers. And I don't even know if I want answers for that kind of, like, I kind of like the mystery of the brain. Yes, the brain is very... It's fascinating. I even think, like, um, why and how and when the brain employs daydreaming as, like, a coping mechanism, kind of, is mm -hmm. fascinating, too. Because it, like, you daydream more the most when you're, like, stressed out or really bored with whatever you're doing or, like, and then you go like 30 minutes and realize that you have no idea what you actually did in real life. You were daydreaming the whole time. That is fascinating. And that you can like get stuff that your brain can like, okay, do all this crap that doesn't matter. And like, let's make up a story over here mm -hmm. at the same time. <laughs> you know, I don't get it, but it's fascinating. So next question mm -hmm. is intelligence or wisdom more useful. Mm. <laughs> I almost said wisdom. But then I thought, well, but you have to be smart. I mean, I feel like wisdom is just a different kind of smart. Like wisdom, because wisdom is discernment, right? Mm -hmm. And discernment is like being able to tell what's right, what's wrong, when to do something, when not to. And like almost that matters a lot more than like how smart you are. Mm -hmm. I mean, for me, like... The, the way I think about intelligence versus wisdom is book smart versus street smart. And to a certain degree, maybe, yeah. It's and or book smart versus common sense mm -hmm. is like how I would kind of look at it. And I've always said that I will take common sense over book smart any day. Yeah. And same with like intelligence or wisdom. Like if if those are kind of in the same realm, the same thing, if it's just, like, a smarter way of asking the same question. Yeah. I think wisdom, I guess, like, for me, like, I would choose wisdom right. over intelligence, like, any day, anyhow, because I feel like you can, like, get farther in life, I suppose, or you're going to have an easier life mm -hmm. with making wise decisions <laughs> than have just being intelligent. Yeah. Um. And somebody who's wise knows how to find the answers to what they need to know. They right. don't necessarily need to know the answers. They're wise enough to find the answers. Creative problem solving. They know how to and do so, it. And so, yes. And I think that ultimately, at the end of the day, like, the person, the wise person is going to have an easier life than somebody who is just intelligent with no wisdom. I mean, because that's kind of like a would you rather, because yeah. everybody's on a spectrum. Hopefully you have both. Hopefully you have both. Because I, I was going to say, like, yes, I agree, but also there's a piece of me that's like, I really want to be smart. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I want to not necessarily be known for my intelligence or whatever, but, like, there's something in me that's like, I want to be smarter than everybody else, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know that I could completely disregard intelligence but i do think wisdom on a general generally speaking is the better characteristic to have i don't know how you say that yeah i mean it's characteristic i suppose and i i i just think like especially when i was grow when we were growing up like kids who were just straight up book smart mm -hmm. 
I feel like had just such a hard time in life, like in social scenarios and in like just, you know, just fitting in basically. Well, it's also kind of funny because um, you call it book smart or whatever, but um, people who were generally like really great in in school Mm -hmm. and in books and intelligence were like kind of not smart in life. Like they like were clumsy or just like did not understand sarcasm and just everything was just like whoop, Mm -hmm. whoop, right over their head. And it's kind of hard to really, you look at him and you're like, how do you have a 4.0 GPA? You know, (laughs) I think it, it's interesting how usually you have like a higher percentage. It's, you know, kind of drastic, especially uh, when you're younger. It's the Hermione of the group. She wasn't, I don't feel like she was like, I mean, she was oblivious to life. She was definitely book smart though. Yeah. Book smart and had more of a you know not like a common sense you know although i say although she she didn't really understand people i guess yeah here we are like you know analyzing harry potter characters it's fine what else would you do with your life (laughs) because harry he he is the wisdom or Mm -hmm. the street smart or the common sense right and not so much of the book smart right and then Hermione has the book smart and not so much of the other. Well, what's Ron? And is Ron a mixture of both or is he just an idiot all around? Well, he definitely didn't care about school stuff. Yeah, definitely Hermione not. wrote his papers for him yeah. sometimes. He so... was definitely the dumbest of the intellectual. Yeah. Um, no offense, Ronald Weasley. Yes. You're kind of a slacker. Yeah. <laughs> um, but did he make wise decisions either? He, I haven't. I don't know. He was just kind of there, I feel like. I mean, he de- he had to have had a He had a good qualities. time. Like, he yeah. goofed off, you know? That's why him and Harry were friends. Yeah. It's interesting. I really thought what he... What uh, qualities he brought to the trio. Yeah. Hermione is the best with spells. Obviously. Harry is the chosen one. That's kind of the whole point in the seventh one, though, right? In the movie, whenever he... Mm-hmm goes off or the books whenever he goes off by himself because yeah that was kind of he do, and point. he does come back like smarter i guess yeah like he up, learned i don't know yeah <laughs> i feel learn? like we're missing something because he <laughs> i mean that's the whole point of the trio is like they all have something yeah equal and opposing qualities who knows i never really thought much about ronald weasley sorry <laughs> sorry ron <laughs> sorry <laughs> Um, but is it better for a person to have a broad knowledge base or a deep knowledge base? I have an opinion about this. So this as is with everything. Again, that's kind of a smart question to ask. Is it better to be a jack of all trades or a master or a master of one? Here's my opinion. You should be a jack of all trades. And why is that? Because I feel like um well, this is maybe just a personal. I should be a jack of all trades. <laughs> I, the idea of just being good at one thing and one thing only for my, my entire life sounds like the most boring thing on planet Earth. I don't even care if it's something that I love the most. Like, I don't want to just sit there all day and do one thing always, ever, 
for eternity. Mm-hmm. Like, no thanks. Um, I like exploring and cur- I'm curious and I want to know more about, even if it's just like random stupid facts about something that doesn't matter, I love it. I get intrigued by it. And I think that you, you get deeply curious. about. I it. get deeply curious about it. Yeah. And I just feel like you should be a jack of all trades. Also, I read this quote recently, which backs my opinion. So I'm going <laughs> to share it. <laughs> um, I don't know exactly how it goes, and I don't even remember who it's by. So maybe if I find it, we can put it in the show notes. Um, but it basically was saying that you should know, a human being should know how to change a tire, change a diaper, um, write uh, make video, like it didn't say all of those things, mm-hmm. but basically it listed like a bunch of things that like a person should be able to do. And it said, um, specialization is for ants or bugs or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it, it's so true. Like as human beings, we have such an opportunity to know and do so many things. And like, you never know where all of those things are going to lead. So the idea also, Freaking, I understand like the 10,000 hours to become a master at whatever. Mm-hmm. Please. Honestly. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just, I think that that's a little dumb. I don't know. I, I just don't think that anybody is really going to sit there and spend 10,000 hours on Photoshop to become a Photoshop master. And like, it also just seems so, like, why, who cares if you're a Photoshop master if you can use the entire Adobe suite? Isn't that better for people? Isn't it better for you to be able to offer more services to people? I don't know. I just feel like you should be a jack of all trades, and I think the whole being master of one thing is dumb. Um, I mean, to kind of counter your point with... A master, let's just even use what you said, like a master at Photoshop. A master at Photoshop is going to have a very easy time getting a job because they have a very specific skill that they're like, I am better at Photoshop than anybody. And so the person who's hiring, Mm -hmm. who needs somebody who's amazing at Photoshop, boom, that person is hired. They know it better than anybody. Now, some jobs like, you know, companies that can't afford specialty Mm -hmm. because they are you know, they have to be leaner on staff than a jack of all trades, somebody who is like proficient or really good at Photoshop, but also proficient, really good at Illustrator, proficient, really Mm -hmm. good at, you know, whatever in design. It's like that person gets hired over the specialist specialist because, you know, they're leaner on staff and they need somebody who can do all things. I don't disagree with you. I also just, I feel like, is there even a human being alive who is a master at one thing, like, and doesn't care about anything else. You know what I mean? Like, I I feel like if you're, generally speaking, that devoted to learning something and that, like, curious about something, you're going to be curious about other things in your life. Yeah. Even if it, like, it, it just seems like being a master of one thing isn't even feasible for human beings. I don't know. Can you name a master who is like a master of one thing and like that's pretty much the only thing they do with their whole life outside and inside of work? I mean, I don't really think that is true of anybody as far as like they don't know how to literally do anything else. No, not no, but don't care about doing anything else. 
Yeah, I mean, like, somebody, like, a master chef, that, like, they, they are a chef. Like, that's what they know, it's what they love, it's what they do. Like, they don't have any other professional, like, if they, for some reason, restaurant business went out, like, mm-hmm. they couldn't find a job because the only skill they have yeah. is being a chef. I just... Maybe it's just the fact that I literally can't imagine Also, the whole myself. time I was saying chef, I had my hand like a Italian. <laughs> a chef. Yes. <laughs> I just can't imagine myself doing any one thing for my entire life. So maybe that's the problem. What's really interesting mm-hmm. is that, you know, th- this kind of conversation starts from the phrase of jack of all trades, master of none. Um, and... What's really funny about that is that the original quote was actually in praise of the Jack of all trades. Yes. I think I've heard of this. The original quote is, Jack of all trades, master of none, though oftentimes better than the master of one. See? And like back, I don't know when it was, Mm -hmm. but Jack of all trades was used as as to praise somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you can count on them to be able to, you know, do whatever it is you need them to do. Yeah. I feel like, yeah. I wonder when that changed. Like, when did you, when do you think we decided that being a master of something was better than knowing know. lots of things? I don't know. But also I would say I don't know if it is better. I think. I think it's perceived that way. No, when you no. say I'm a master chef, everyone's like, "Ooh." Yes. You know. But I, I what I'm saying is I think that uh, I think that everybody's different. And uh-huh. I think for you and I, I would rather be a jack of all trades. Mhm. Like I I can't even really fathom like having to choose one thing. Yeah. And saying like I'm going to be the absolute best like master at this thing and I'm not really going to care about anything else. That is difficult for me to even put myself in. But then there are other people like, you know, the chef, like that's the example. They don't want to do anything else. They absolutely love that and want to spend all of their time doing that. Yeah. And like going back to like the Photoshop Illustrator type thing. I mean, there's some people who are web developers that basically you could take a profession. Right. You know, any, any profession that you want and say that there are some people who they love that thing so much, all they want to do is that thing and become a master at it. Mm-hmm. And there is absolute value and merit to that. Yeah. But then there's also people who don't want to do that. They want to be a master of, or a jack of all trades. But the question, I think, is, like, in our society, I suppose, mm-hmm. um, you know, is it better, like, not... To be master or... Jack. Yeah, like, not is it better for you personally or maybe that is what i'm saying basically there are some people who are going to be have a a natural propensity to be one or the other but what do we think is better well i mean my initial thought is being a master at something is better like if you're talking about like in order to move up in society Mm -hmm. i guess like that would be my initial thought because I mean, like you said, if you're a master at Photoshop, you can go anywhere and get a job, like, and be paid for it and be paid top dollar because you're the best. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, the 
opportunity to make a ton of money in your field is there, which I think would move you up in society, right? Also, yes, and think about this too. Who are some famous jack-of-all-trades from history that we actually remember? Like, what, what I'm getting at is we remember the Masters, the Masters. of One. But... Oh, it's just so hard for me to even, I don't even know. Because like the the famous, you know, painters, um, you yeah, know, but like who's, they were master painters. And but, but does that mean, I guess maybe my question is like, just because they were master painters doesn't mean they were a master of one. They could have had lots of other things that they, I mean, they're even like, um, just artists in general, I think they tend to explore with a bunch of different ideas and mediums. Um, like, I don't know if she would be considered a master. I, I'm i not sure. Not that I don't think she is, but I'm just not sure what is considered a master. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I just read a book by Patti Smith, who uh, is one of the like few survivors from like the 60s, 70s art scene in New York. Um, and like, she is a photographer, she is a painter, she is a writer, and she's a musician at like a, the front man, front lady, front person (laughs) of a rock and roll band. Mm -hmm. And so like, would you call her a jack of all trades or a master? Because she's freaking great at all of it Mm -hmm. and like very well known and respected and like will go down in history from that time period, you know? So, yeah, I mean, I don't know if you, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I didn't really have it. I don't really have an answer to that question of like, can you remember a Jack of all trades? Cause maybe there are famous, like, I just not, yeah, I can, I'm not even really coming up with names of masters of one either. Right. Like, you know, it's like Thomas Edison. Is he, a master inventor or is he a jack of all trades because he invented all sorts of things? Right. And I guess that's kind of my question is like, just because you, you recognize and know somebody for one particular thing, does that make them the master of the thing? Like, because like I said, especially with like creative thinkers and artists and stuff, they tend to dabble in all kinds of things and they're usually pretty good at all of it because it's like takes a certain creative mind. Mm -hmm. But just because they excel in one particular thing like music, I would say Patti Smith is known for her music. Yeah. Um, But she's fantastic at lots of things. So just because like Paul McCartney is known for his music. Does that make him master of music or is it just because that's what we know him for? Right. It's a good point. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I definitely like personally just, I, I love having a wide knowledge base. Me too. And like, I don't want to just have a shallow knowledge of, you know, Everything. everything like I, right. I definitely want to have a deep knowledge of well I think you things, have your but... certain just like all these other artists I think you have your certain lane that you excel in but it doesn't mean you can't be really great at other things yeah I mean because I I mean I just want my knowledge base to be wide and deep mm, and, and deep, deep and wide and wide and wide and deep <laughs> um and you know because I I just I love that you know, there's like creative stuff, you yeah. know, it's like, I am, 
I, I know photography, I know videography, I know design, I know whatever you want, like you mm-hmm. know, things like that. And then also I know how to change a tire. I know how to change yeah. a toilet. I know how to patch a hole in a wall. Well, I would say like, you're also very business minded. I'm an entrepreneur. Like I can, is sometimes yes, business I, skills. Yeah. That's sometimes opposing to like the creative artist yeah. side, like especially the business skills. Not necessarily right. the entrepreneur spirit, but the business skills. Right. I feel like you're very good at that as well. Yeah. So like having, I don't know, obviously you value the things that you are. Yeah. But I mean, of course that, you can't say like, man, I wish I wasn't good at business. But. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I, I just, I don't know. I just personally like, I appreciate knowing lots of things. I yeah. like that I can be interested and I like that I can step into any situation, mm-hmm. well, any loose, but I can walk, walk yeah. into most situations and have some knowledge to enter that situation and provide value, input, or just have enough knowledge to be able to ask the right questions. Like right. what we're talking, kind of how we started this podcast of like, if I go and I'm talking to some musicians, let that's a really good example because I in no way can play any instrument. Mm-hmm. I'm not like any sort of, you know, music like that. But because I have been around it and I have knowledge of music, I can go into a situation with musicians and be able to, well, one, understand what they're talking about. Um, yeah. But then also talk to them and ask them questions um, that relate that to. relate to them and that makes sense to me. Like, yeah. And, you know, I just... Yeah, I just like that ability yeah, to be I able think, to ask those questions. Yeah, and I think, honestly, like, if you're just following your curiosities, like, somehow they're all going to be connected together because, like you said, you are who you are, Yeah. right? So I feel like, you know, the things that you're going to excel in are going to be business and creative because that's who you are. Um, and you can be curious and have a bunch of hobbies, but that's mm-hmm. not going to be something that you necessarily pursue as career, right? right? As a jack of all trades or a master. Um, I feel like it's the same with everybody. Like I only actually care the most about writing, but really what that means is that I care about stories. And so any way that I can find a way to like be involved in storytelling, I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. So like making videos is really interesting to me, even though I wouldn't consider myself a videographer and didn't make videos until a year and a half ago, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really interesting to me and I want to get better at it because it's a way of storytelling, you know? So I think that if you're just following your curiosities, they're all going to kind of be related to each other. So you could maybe be a master of creativity with different mediums, mediums, yeah, outputs. Yeah. Yeah. Something. Yeah. I don't know exactly where I land on the answer of, which is better. I think that there are absolute advantages to both. Mm -hmm. Um, But one example that I literally just thought of, like as myself, um, you know, because I'm always thinking about myself. Yeah. Um, I mean, we can't (laughs) think of life outside of our own head. So (laughs) Um, is, you know, being a, I would consider myself, you know, a jack of all trades, Mm -hmm. you know, right now, in this season of life that we're in and you know in no way are we rich and 
you know, not at all. we're not like, you know, set where we don't have to ever make money. And so, you know, like one of our friends just um, asked if somebody could renovate, you know, help her like renovate her office and, you know, do some painting and some like handyman work. Right. Well, I actually was able to easily say, yes, I can do that because I have those skills, even though what I do day to day literally is sitting on a computer right using you know like muscle very little muscle groups yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) um yeah but you know and so if i was just a master at that you know i would have you know being asked have known how to tape to paint right it's like being asked to like hey can you you know kids can anybody do this i'd be like man i wish i could do that because we could like use that money Mm -hmm. but now it's like yes i can do that because I have a wider, you know, right. skill set. Right. Um, so I was just thinking about like the answer of it master or jack, which is better. I mean, the jack of all trades could survive in any climate, I guess. That's true. Because if the the thing that they're a master at, they can't make money or that goes out of style or, you know, whatever, that industry crashes, can they continue you know, what skills can they use? Yeah. Um, versus a jack of all trades could is flexible and Mm -hmm. can do whatever is necessary. That's true. Now you've changed my mind. I think a jack of all trades is, is better, (laughs) but a, I mean, I don't actually know, but does a jack of all trades ultimately, you know, make a comfortable living, but never. No, I think it's very possible for a jack of all trades to excel in, a certain whatever. I I think that's where like discipline comes in though. Mm-hmm. Um or at least this is maybe a personal like I'm I'm attributing this to myself and not necessarily all jack of all trades, but I'm so interested in so many things that I can't devote myself to anything, you know? Right. So like it's hard for me to be like, yes, I'm going to pursue this because, you know, whatever. Because I, I say like, oh, I'm going to pursue this. Then I just feel like I've missed out on a bazillion other things, which is not true. It's just like a season of life. Mm-hmm. And so I I have a hard time committing to one particular thing for a certain amount of time. So I think it maybe just takes discipline. I mean, yeah, that's just the millennials biggest problem of decision paralysis. It's the worst everybody all i I mean it's like that's like the the that's like the millennial crutch yeah i didn't used to think i had a problem with it but i have a big problem with it i can't i can't pick a thing to save my life (sighs) because none of us like what we all have to realize is picking something doesn't mean picking something forever yeah and it doesn't mean that if that doesn't work out that you're a failure and also not picking anything is still a decision right so like just because you you you're like no i'm not gonna pick anything that way everything is open you picked not learning anything right you know you you picked not going in any direction you picked to stay still and the quickest way to success is to fail early and fail often right the 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 sooner you fail the sooner you're gonna find success because it's like creative problem solving if you pick something and it fails or you're not good at it or whatever you're like oh Okay, check that one off the list next. And mm-hmm. you like go down the next one versus if you sit there 
looking at all the options. You feel paralyzed. You, you failed from the beginning. Like you ne- are never going to you know reach whatever your success is mm-hmm. because you're not trying anything. So right. you just have to. You chose stagnant. Yes. Totally. Preaching to myself. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that is a good spot to uh, end this episode on. If you liked this kind of just random question omnibus of, uh, you know, topics, um, let us know by commenting below the video if you're watching on YouTube, um, or you can hit us up on Twitter. My handle is at Cody Jensen. Sarah's is at Sarah underscore Jensen, and that is the exact same on Instagram. You yep. can uh, hit us up on any of those forms. Let us know let your thoughts. Let me know what you disagree with. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but more so, let us know what you agree with um, <laughs> and how much, you know, what you like. Yeah. Positivity. Love it. Yes. I just love discussing things, so Amen. I'm, I'm open. Yes. I think that that is like the, I mean, that's like us. That's the reason we have this podcast. Yeah. That's like the thing that we love. We just love discussion even if it is about things that we don't know about and like that Mm -hmm. you know it's like it's an ignorant conversation because we don't actually know about it but but who cares because it's exciting it's fun i told my friend yesterday we were facetiming and i said the truth is uh, my entire life the truth is is that i don't care about the answers honestly one thousand percent don't care about finding an answer i love the discussion and the exploration and the questions Mm mm-hmm I don't, I don't care what the right answer is because I don't, I don't actually know if I believe there is a right answer because there's like a, well, I was going to say a billion people. There's 8 billion people yeah. <laughs> in the world. I don't know if there is one right answer to anything, Yeah. Um, but there, I, I love yeah. the exploration. So. There are very, very few things in life that have a specific like answer because I agree. most things are going to be on a spectrum for lots of people. Yeah. So... Anyways. But it's a fun discussion. Let's talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> As our friends, uh, Rhett and Link say, let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. Our friends. <laughs> yeah. We watch them every day. It feels They're like our friends. friends. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Well, thank you to our sponsor, Hint Water. Again, if you want to check them out, you can go to hint.co slash deeply curious. You can actually order online and they have a subscription service that you can sign up for to have water shipped to your house. And uh, yeah, that's the end of this podcast. Thank you guys for listening. We will see you next week. Bye. Bye.